time of the week again. It's episode 29 of the Empowered Women's Podcast. I am joined today by one of my good friends. She goes by Miss Kate and she's a sensual dominatrix, a sexual educator and a facilitator of empowerment. But she works primarily with men who are seeking guidance, support, empowerment and a safe non-judgmental space to explore vulnerability, which at times can be seen as a bit of taboo when it comes to masculinity, um, also their sexuality and a range of other topics and experiences that may otherwise be off limits uh, with other practitioners and not something you would be comfortable with sharing with your personal community. So Kate, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. So good to be here. Thank you so much for coming. So you and I met at Funnily enough, your workplace. We did, we did. I was shopping for some lingerie. Yeah, so just to give you a little uh, heads up, I basically work part-time at a high-end lingerie and bondage store, Honey Burdette, and that's where Amanda and I connected. Yes, I was shopping for stuff for OnlyFans and um, (laughs) I didn't buy anything that day. But we connected on Instagram and we stayed in touch. And we did, we did. She's like, oh, I think you and I could do some collaboration. And I wasn't quite sure what she meant, but I was like, we'll explore this later on. Yeah, at first we were kind of like, is it going to be OnlyFans? Or? <laughs> anyway, so we're here today because obviously what you do is extremely unique. Thank you, yeah. Right? And still kind of relationship-based, but in a very different mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting that you work with men. Yeah, well, it's interesting because when I first started pulling together my website and deciding about how I wanted to position the things that I'm doing, because I'm very passionate first and foremost about empowerment and self-acceptance at a core level. And working at Honey Burdette and just being around women all day, every day, it was like, well, I want to empower women more Mm. because that was what I was doing in the workplace anyway. And quickly it shifted to men. I started having men reach out to me and inquire. And I realised through being in store as well, there's a lot of men that come in that just are like, I need the guidance. You know, I really feel suppressed with my sexuality and I don't know how to, you know, introduce this into my relationship. And um, I don't know. It's just I realised the empowerment space, the sexual space, there's a lot for women. Mm. And there is a lot – it's such a saturated market, I feel. So when it came to men, I sort of thought, well, I can really offer a point of difference. And doing the sensual dom work is one aspect, but also that empowerment to help them really balance the masculine and feminine energies within themselves. And I believe that there is an intimate link between our sexuality Mm. and our personal power. Mm. And if you have – suppressed parts of yourself or your sexuality uh, out of shame or whatever it is, you're not truly embodied, you're not in your power and, you know, then you can't really show up in your romantic relationships. Yeah. What made you get into this line of work? I have always been very much connected to BDSM just as a personal um, expression and and passion Mm -hmm. and I guess I've always – I originally – years and years ago was more in the corporate space, Mm -hmm. living in Melbourne, working as an executive assistant. So really disconnected from where I am now. But through that, um, 
I just was living that hard and fast lifestyle, I guess, and it's that cliche story of you get to a certain point, you're so disconnected from self, you burn out, and yeah. I ended up getting really, really sick, was bedridden for about three years with an autoimmune Crohn's disease, mm. went on this crazy healing journey, was like dark night of the soul times 10, mm -hmm. and um, through that, I actually was very much sexually suppressed over those years. Yeah. And went on this really intensive emotional healing journey as well, healing trauma. Just was on all layers it was healing, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, sexual. Yeah. And then coming out the other side of that, that's how I began working at Honey Birdette, just as a little part-time gig to sort of, you know, get back into the market and, mm -hmm. and community. And it just awakened that part of me again. And I realised, hang on a minute, I'd forgotten about this. This is what I'm passionate about. Yeah. Not only working with people and empowering people, but actually just this sexual element and all about being in your power. And I believe mm. that there is such a healing element to BDSM as well. Right. You know, like, for example, someone who's experienced maybe sexual trauma, for them to be able to be in a safe space with a partner that they trust yeah. and, you know say they've experienced trauma around being restrained, suddenly when you give someone permission to restrain you and it's in a safe space, it's consensual, it's exciting, it's sexual, you're rewriting the script in your mind and being yeah. about that experience and it helps to really shift trauma for people. And so there's all these elements that I just feel so passionate about mm. and, and that's why I've really decided to kind of package it up and start offering it in a really unique way you know, combining all of my gifts, being that sensual dom and intuitive and just that mm. real facilitator for empowerment. So. Yeah, so I obviously have had a healing with yourself and it was mm -hmm. quite spiritual. It was very unplanned as well. I sort of had a bit of a meltdown because I was like, <laughs> at the end of my tether, I'm like, I've had enough of the Gold Coast. I want to go back to Melbourne. Um, was missing someone in tears and Kate goes, I'm coming over. It was just that ugly cry, wasn't it? Put and the, I said, I'm coming. Put the kettle on, I'm coming over. So she comes <laughs> over with her big fat sage and her cards. And, and the sound bowl. We got a little bit witchy. sound bowl. <laughs> and it was great. And it was like, you know, started doing a tarot reading and straight away she was on the money with what she was saying and, mm -hmm. you know, what the issue, what some of the issues were, what I had to get rid of out of my house and things like that. And we did cord cutting and cord all of cutting, that. which was incredible, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. I've never had. And it actually worked a treat, mm -hmm. um, felt very differently energetically the next day and the days to follow. Um, so I guess different, a lot of people would probably associate dominatrix with the very cliche you know, woman standing over a man or someone who's quite submissive. In with, a dark, oppressive dungeon, that sort Yeah, of thing. Mm -hmm. you know, whips and chains and stuff like that, which it sounds like, you know, is that something you do? Like what does Dom look like um, for you and your clients? Look, definitely not for clients. At the moment I'm predominantly just virtual domination, especially with the whole COVID thing and just restrictions. Mm. And that's been a little bit of a hard landscape to navigate. But yeah. I find that... For a lot of um, my clients, like some people just want in person and that's mm. fine. But some people find that literally just working with me, my voice, video, that's enough. Because mm. really, so much of our arousal, excitement, processing, whatever you want to call it, happens in the mind, right? And so even though we think that we need to be... <clears throat> 
connected to someone physically to feel the effects like you, either, even with like an energy healing or with some sort of dom-sub relationship or dynamic. Mm. It's all about power mm. and it's the energy and it's the power of suggestion. Mm. And I can take people into the subspace literally with my voice. Yeah, you know, right. and so it really depends what they're after. But so much of the work is literally just a power dynamic. And it's, you know, I've had clients say to me who are in really high powered sort of senior positions say, I've got so much power. I really just want someone to tell me what to do. Yeah. For yeah. someone to take that power off me and have me completely submit to them. And that doesn't have to be in a physically sexual sense mm. or a really sadistic manner where you're whipping them and they're tied up. I mean, yeah. it certainly can be, but there's yeah. different variations on it. Yeah. And I think... Being a sensual dom, I like to really work in a sensual manner. So did you go to school for this? I actually took a class and worked under a dominatrix who's in uh, LA. Her yeah. name is Colette Pervet. Yeah, and her, Pervet. I her, love the surname. I know, right? Pervet. Well, it's obviously <laughs> not a real name, but yeah. Yeah. But she's an amazing, amazing woman and yeah. has a school called Mistress Class. Mm. So I actually did study under her with that. And that How long is was just, that? How long was the course? It was only a few months. Yeah. Um, but really interactive and just absolutely mind-blowing with, you know, the level of content that she provided and yeah. what we were able to witness being in the class. So yeah. anyone wishing to get into the Dom space, I highly recommend. Call it pervert.com. <laughs> <laughs> So did you Google her? How did you find her? Do you know what? Everything, I believe, when you're meant to be where you are, as I know you feel this way as well, yeah. it just lands in your lap, right? Mm. And I think it was someone shared something on their stories that I already um, followed and I just went, I need to take this course. And I already obviously knew a lot about the lifestyle because I've always been very dominant myself and experienced this in personal relationships or yeah. what have you. Yeah. But I just thought I really just want a little bit more foundational grounding and knowledge from someone that's been in the industry for a really long time and there's mm. two ways that you get into this sort of work I guess you work under someone in a dungeon directly or you take a course you know um, it's sort of it's not like you go to TAFE and study something or university okay. it's very yeah unique yeah so uh, what what has your relationship been like with others like romantically so what how do you identify sexually so I'm straight. Yep. Cool. So, just, so yeah, men. Have, have you always had submissive men then? I have, but it's interesting because I feel I've had a range and I actually, looking back on the past, feel I've had this range of relationships, lovers, because I obviously, doing this work, you need to understand the full spectrum. Yeah. You know, and... Sometimes I would get into a relationship with someone because I'm really based on soul connection. Yeah. And there'd be this deep connection there and, you know, and suddenly when we're in that position of me wanting to be more dominant, whether it's in life or in the bedroom, these men would be triggered by that. Sometimes, you know, they would be submissive, but mm. I found then I would water myself down in some of these relationships to suit them and to make them feel comfortable. Yeah. And you come out of it thinking, my God, I've lost myself, like maybe I'm it's wrong of me to behave this way. Like I went through this whole process over the years mm. of really trying to figure out where I fit in relationship with men. Mm. And now I've realised, you know, it's it's not about... Like certainly there's our traditional roles and some people, you know, are really happy with that. Yeah. Um, but 
I just realized that, you know what, you'll attract the right person when you are really in your truth. Yeah, amen. Amen to that. You know, there's no point saying, oh, I like you. We've got this soul connection. I hope you can handle me because I am quite dominant in the bedroom or, you know, in life. It's like if it doesn't flow and that person has resistance to you, potentially it's not right and it's a lesson. Yeah, yeah. No, I couldn't have said that any better myself. So um, how many serious relationships have you had? Oh, I think there's been about eight. Eight. So how old are you, Kate? Just so I'm thirty six. Thirty six. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. So eight, eight serious relationships or eight relationships. Eight. I would call them serious relationships because I feel like every time I get into a relationship, I take it seriously. Yeah. You know, I'm very monogamous, um, despite me being extremely like, you know, sexual and liberated, and mm. but I have, you know, you go through phases where I have lovers and different things like that, and. Um, I'd say most of my relationships have really been that sort of year and a half to two years. Yeah. But I feel like because, I don't know, I just, I'm one of those people that fails fast, Amanda. You know, like when mm. it starts to get to that point where you're really like, do you know what, you are, we've gone through this beautiful experience, but this just isn't in alignment and yeah. I can see you are actually suffocating my soul now. Sure. I still sure. have so much love for you, but I know yeah. that we can't go any further for me to expand. Yeah. Yeah. If they don't want to grow with you, you've got to make that decision, I think, to say, yeah, like this was an amazing experience. I'll never take that away. Mm. It doesn't mean any less because it was only a short period in terms of, you know, yeah. a lifelong relationship. Mm. But I I don't know. I feel like my past has been um, the way that it has because looking back, I couldn't be doing this work now and have such an innate understanding of sexuality of sexual trauma of relationship dynamics power dynamics unless i'd been with all these different men for sure have they been very different from person all of them to have person? been very different so give us an example of some of their personality types okay um look sometimes i've been with men that are very tapped into their feminine mm. really sensitive guys still very strong and masculine mm. but very tapped into their emotions and yeah, really able to communicate that and, you know, which is very different because a lot of men struggle with that, yeah. I guess, which yeah. is what I really like to help them mm. get to within themselves, being mm. safe with that vulnerability. Yeah. Um, some of them have just been really, really headstrong, the alpha male, you know, that banker type that yeah. just has absolutely no emotion or doesn't want to let you in. And, you know, there's so many other ways that we connected and, and it's that... Those t kind of guys that I was with were into that real BDSM lifestyle. Yeah. You know, there's always a different reason why I'm attracted to these guys. And I guess it's hard um, to know what your type is mm. or, or to nail down a type when, I'd, I don't know, like I'm sort of attracted to people for various reasons, you know. And maybe it's about a, a, a thing of growth. At that point in time, I needed to work on X or I needed to explore X and that person was giving me that as I was giving yeah. them something that they needed, you know. Mm. I think I actually believe when it comes to relationships, some of us are here to be with that one person or to have, you know, certain experiences with maybe one or two people to birth babies. Like that's our relationship contract. Mm. Some of us are here for a very different experience and we draw a lot of our life experience in our relationships, mm. in our sexual connections. So we're here for something that is um, much more colourful and, you know, many more um, 
relationships and connections and I guess society sometimes makes us feel like there's something wrong with that. Mm. You know, like, oh, yep. you're single again, like you're back on Tinder, whatever it is, but I don't think there's anything wrong. No. I think everything has its place, even if it's only for six months, you know? Yeah, yeah. So you're not currently seeing anyone at the moment? No. No. Sexy, so, single, ready to mingle. Oh. <laughs> so do you think you'd be able to still do this work with a partner? Would they have to be understanding for what you do? A hundred percent. And I've yep. definitely questioned that. In my work, I don't have, um, and even if there is a physical element there's no sexual contact for me and I definitely have boundaries around what I do when I dom. Like yeah. there is definitely rules that it's like we don't cross those. What would you say is physical with what you do? I'd say things like pegging, putting on the strap on and... Giving it to giving them from behind? From behind, Isn't yeah. that sexual though? That's what I mean. That's what. That's a boundary. I don't do that. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I missed that one. Yeah, yeah. no, that's all right. I was good, like, to, good to clarify. I missed the... I was like... So you don't do sexual, but you peg. Yeah, so hang on a minute, babe. <laughs> All right, back. <babe. laughs> okay. Yeah, so it's like there's clear boundary. Obviously, there are people out there that do that and all the power to them, but it's just like seeing a healing practitioner or a doctor or whatever. People specialise in different things. Yeah. And that's just not something I was called to do. Mm. And there's people that are suited to me for that reason and then there's others that won't vibe with me at all and that's fine. I'm not here to please the masses. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Hope you're enjoying the episode so far and feeling entertained and educated. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to be the first to know when a new episode becomes available. But in all seriousness, if you need to take your relationship with your body to the next level, work with me, your very own, very personable personal trainer with over 13 years experience in training, competing in sports and coaching combined. I work with my clients to achieve the three pillars of success to make educated, long-lasting physical and mental breakthroughs in and out of the gym. To apply, see the link in the show notes below or head to the link on my Instagram bio to apply. Okay, back to the show. Do you have certain language you use when you're dealing with a sub? Definitely. And I guess my voice sort of changes and it's that... You know, you've really got to be in that space of command and you've got to understand what their turn-ons are, what their triggers are, mm. where their boundaries lie, what excites them. And you've really got to be tapped in because I'm very empathic as well, as you know, and intuitive. Mm. And that's a big part of what this is because you've got to be tapped into their energy to figure out, okay, what is going on with the energy? Are they flowing with this? Is this sort of a trigger? Yeah. Okay, like I can take them deeper into the subspace with... You know, whether we're talking about fantasy or it, it just, it's so unique to each person that I work with, right? Do you consult them? Like, do you set them up with, you know, like an initial consultation? 100%. And, then, and then, so what is it, how does it work? Like, how often would you talk to them? How Everyone you know? is vetted because there's definitely a lot of voyeurs out there that just want to sleazy or weird and you know I mean there's always that sort of thing with this industry when you say vetting for those that don't understand what vetting is oh yes what exactly is it so it's a, just a process of I guess um, you know connecting with them asking them you know what their intention is with working with me what they want to get out of it um, it's there's a back and forwards of communication before there's anything established especially with an in-person sub that's a real, I build an emotional connection with that person before I would ever let them in into that space. That's just how I work. Mm. And 
I think, yeah, some people don't even really know what they want. They just might be turned on by something you put online or, oh, I like the sound of this, but they're not really sure what they want. Yeah. Um, I So I sort of am like, okay, are you just wanting to connect with me for kicks? Like, what, like I actually do deeper work than that. Yeah. I want to work with people that want something a little bit more long-standing than just to, like, came and saw you for an hour and then I left. Yeah. You yep. know, and... Um, so you're establishing a bit of a relationship with your clients. 100%. And then how much communication during the week or month would you generally have with them? It really depends on the client. Some of them want to speak to me on a daily basis, whether it's through message, yeah. email, voice messages. Um, it might be that we connect once a week. Sometimes it might just be once a month. But generally with these regular contacts, mm. there's a level of financial domination. So I'm paid... That a was retainer. going to be my next question. Nice like, how do you get paid for that? <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, it's just that's all in the negotiation. There's always a negotiation. And even yeah. when it comes to BDSM, mm. you know, even just in the bedroom with your partner, okay, there's a negotiation. Where am I willing to go with this or, or where are my boundaries? And it's, you know, it can be very um, – it's an, a huge energetic investment mm. to be in contact with someone you know, every day or every other day or... Yeah. So it's just constantly, it's almost creating this contract where it's like, how do we want this to look? What do you need from me? What do I need from you? Because ultimately it's about me getting what I need as well. Which is what? I love to be worshipped. Yeah, right. Why, <laughs> why do you think that is? I don't know. Sometimes I like think to myself, circling back to the question where you were like, what sort of man do you need? Who couldn't be happy? Yeah. With, you know, it's like, I don't know. Does he need to be in love with me? I just love to be worshipped. Yeah, okay. I love that um, I just get off on men. Yeah, that it's just that level of worship and just that arousal of my voice and tell me more, yes, mistress, thank you, mistress, like... You know, um, so a lot of women would probably find that off-putting. Probably. You know, whereas you're turned on by someone who is a bit almost like a woman in a sense. Yeah. Because well, I guess if you know you spoke to the average person, you're like, oh god, he's like a woman. He just well, does everything, and it's you know? interesting because some of the subs that I work with are actually extremely masculine. They're mm. very much in control. They're powerful. They're like rooted into their masculinity, even like the tone of their voice. Yeah. But when you move into, say, subspace, there's the dynamic shifts and they can then be that person. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like it doesn't mean that they're necessarily a soft person, but they move into that more feminine embodiment when they're in that space with you, which is kind of healing. So how, what does a conversation look like? Like, how do you even start? Is it just general chit-chat and then you just kind of go into dom mode? Well, I always like to, yeah, it's, we start with conversation of, like, you know, how's your day, what's happening in your life? Because, as I said to you, there needs to be that emotional connection so that you actually can really work together in a really effective way. And it's just like any relationship. You chat and then it just moves into that space of whether it is fantasy or, you know, I might even suggest things like, how would you feel if I tied you up and left you in a room? Or like... I don't, and it, is this it, text just, message or is this like phone calls? Like, It can be text, but I think that's more so once the relationship has been established. Yeah. Um, definitely it's a verbal... Because I feel 
I feel I'm more effective when we're talking, you know. Unless there's that deep emotional connection, yes, there's the texting in between. Yeah. The aftercare, you know, all that sort of stuff. Mm. But it's my voice, I feel, is my power. And I, yeah, I need to be talking with them in all right. the session. Full dumb mode in the mic. Oh, my God. What are some of the things you would say? Hello, Amanda. Hi. So <laughs> I... um. I need for you to kneel on the floor, please. Eyes down. Yes, mistress. Thank you, darling. <laughs> Keep going. I'm slightly turned on. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> My palms are sweaty. Far out. That was quick. <laughs> Keep going. Oh, God. What else? We haven't had our negotiation yet, darling. Well, now's your chance. <laughs> Let's go. So I need to know your fetishes. Well, um, back in the day. Back in the day. With an ex who was really kinky, mm -hmm, used to allow mm -hmm. me to pee on her in the shower. <laughs> with her mouth open. And that. for me, it was like, because I like to be dominant, it fulfilled my, my dominance because mm. I like very submissive sexual women, mm. right? That, you know, can dominate in the bedroom in a submissive way slightly dominant but never overpowers me do you know mm -hmm. what i mean mm -hmm. so yeah so that would be one um i haven't done that in a long time but i always love wearing a strap on so i love that about you yeah i love actually just for everyone listening i've got a harness on at the moment not on you on my, not down there on, but up on top up top which if i flip it around it is a strap on if you add a shaft to it turn around can you see the ring Oh my god, it is too. It is too. That's hilarious. So it's actually quite pretty though. It's got rose gold um, detailing. Accents. Yeah, and it's black leather. It's hot. So is this from where you work? This is from Honey Birdette. Yeah. So I pretty it's much live in this up top. Yeah. Not down below. Yeah. Um, especially for work. Yeah. And I just have to say, I I don't know. I just love the leather. This is one of my fetishes. I'm a bit of a clothing fetish. Oh. A fetishist. Yes, and I love black and gold. Is all the me, way. my brand. Yeah. yeah, you're the same, aren't you? I love. That's why I love Versace <laughs> because it's got that black and gold. It's very bold. It's the it's, opulence. Yeah, it's the epitome of a dominant boss bitch. Woman. We are boss bitches. That's it. Fist pump. Fist pump. Boom. <laughs> I just love the like. Currently, I've got stilettos with spikes on them. They're black suede. Yeah. The leather pants. Yeah. The black top. The harness. This is Dressed just my really signature. Nice. I just her signature look. I just love it. This this is a this is what turns me on. Clothing. Wow. wow. What else? Like, do you have anything else that you might say in discussion? Look, I guess it really happens on in such an organic way. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. hard to kind of even just. I'm putting you on the spot. You're putting so me on the spot. Hard. I'm getting like I'm even getting hotter, hot under the collar, um, <laughs> because it depends on the energy, right? And you yeah. just sometimes I'll. Like I'll do a little bit of an intuitive download before I connect with a client. Can clients record their conversations with you? I've never actually had anyone ask that, mm. but I wouldn't have a problem with it. Yeah, right. Because okay. as I said to you generally, I don't do this just one session and that's it. Yeah, it's, it's an ongoing it's process. It's an ongoing process and if that's what they want to do, I don't have a problem with that. It's just like seeing a psychic really, isn't it? You yeah. can record it for your own... Um, 
And it's obviously very private, so if they want to put it online, fine, but it's yep. generally not something people would want to share. Or I just wonder if someone would want to hear your voice and then get off on that later on. Yeah, I'm told my voice is, I don't know, very arousing. So in Melbourne we had um, Richard Mercer. I don't know if you remember Richard Mercer, Love Songs and Dedications. <laughs> he did a Friday night segment on, I think it was Fox back yeah, then. Yeah, He's yeah. going back a while ago. Yeah. And he spoke like this. He's like... Richard, what do you want to say to Sue? And he'd be like, you know, I just want you to know I love you and I messed up and, you know, I just want to dedicate all my life by Casey and Jojo. And (laughs) really cheesy. Half the time he took the absolute mickey. Yeah. But you loved it and it was all like really good love songs, Friday night. It was great. Yeah. So he was on radio for a long time. But, yeah, it was, you know. You the do. voice is a tool like any other and we are energetic beings, right? Mm. And we all operate on frequency and vibration. Yeah. And I think everyone... Just on that, sorry. Yeah, I go. just got to say, yes. I can't date a woman if I don't like their voice. I've 100%. I've hooked up with some women whose voice is such a put off. Mm-hmm. It's like I can't. I just it's not happening for me down there, you know. <laughs> So, yeah, I agree. The voice is so, so important for intimacy. So what you're saying is if I was into women, we could date. Well, I don't know. Uber, <laughs> you know, like the voice, it starts with the voice. 100%. If because the voice they're isn't... reaching you with their frequency, yeah. you know. And I've got a question for you actually on that. Yeah. The women that you were turned off by their voice, Yeah. how did you feel about the rest of their energy? Was yeah. it just the voice? No, not great. Like their voice... Um, yeah, it wasn't just their voice. It was, I guess, everything else. I found um, just a couple. I won't name names, but, you know, whether it was oh, – I won't even say how they spoke, really, because then I guess it's maybe disclosing might who, be listening. who it might be. Yeah, so, <laughs> look, it doesn't really matter who it was, but more so their personalities in general were just not aligned. They weren't aligned. And yeah. I find that when we – we tend to, like – people who are like us. So true. So maybe there's a certain element of the way they speak which sounds similar to our voice and obviously we're always looking for relative relativity. Is that mm-hmm. even a word? Mm-hmm. When we're connecting with people, what's the similarities between, you know, both of us? Yes, very so true. So if the voices aren't there, it's like when you sort of hear a Melbourne accent versus a Gold Coast accent, mm-hmm. for example. Mm-hmm. You know, it's if I had people from Melbourne up here, it was like feels like home yeah you know and especially from your community as well yeah it will always be home you know and it's it's a it's just a way that we communicate that there's so much sort of care that goes into conversation well even just like on the topic of communication and even just sensuality because this is a big theme with my work yeah you know communication is so much of it is non-verbal yeah. I mean, as like we're talking about the voice, but it's all about the energy. It's like as soon as you meet someone, I think we think often it's like we're attracted to the exterior, but we're feeling their energy, we're hearing their voice. We're, that's why I struggle on dating apps, I have to say. Yeah, right. Because you form this image of people and probably other listeners are going to say, yeah, I feel the same. You have a couple of pictures to go by, mm, right? Mm. You establish this fairy tale in your head of what they are. Yep. Then you're backwards and forwards with a little bit of text mm. if they'll engage with you in that way. Mm, mm, mm. And you've already, okay, I'm putting together the pieces of what I think. And then you hear their voice and it's like, oh, 
And the voice alone, yeah. you can say, not into this. Not happening. Not into the tone, not into the frequency. And it's just like music, right? Mm. We love like old house music, yeah. that sort of stuff. Some people cannot even deal with it. Like, yeah. like my dad will say, I think the record's skipping. Yeah. <laughs> you know what oh I mean? my God, my dad used to say the same I'm thing. I'm like, you're so embarrassed. Is that a 50 year old thing yeah, to say? Please don't say that. <laughs> Just go with it, Dad. Um, oh but you know what I mean? Like, it's it's just exactly like music, our tone. And, and with my work as well, especially video or phone, it's like having control of your tone and exerting that power through your tone of voice. Mm. You know, it's that's totally a very powerful it. thing. Mm. And um, power is also about being able to walk into a room or sit on a Skype or whatever you're doing. And not needing people to validate you is to literally just be centered within yourself mm. and just show up as you are and to be able to command whether it's control of the room that you're in or just the company that you're keeping or your sub mm. simply with your energy, with a look, with the tone of your voice, not needing people to say, oh, yeah, you're doing really well or do you like that? doesn't matter whether they like that. Yeah. You're in control. Mm. You're in control of you. you yeah. Know? I totally, I totally get that. And going back to the whole voice tone thing, I think you can quickly establish whether a person sounds or seems like a nice person, so nasty, true. So true. clueless, smart, you know, and, and that's what it becomes. It's like you've made a, a distinction on their personality based on how they sound and control their tone or lack thereof. So I remember I, like, I used to not really like the tone of my voice if I'd listen back, as you do when you, you don't do, really have yeah. any... any um, reference voice training or anything like that you're just an average person who talks into a mic you're like i remember um you're like do i sound like yeah that? exactly yeah. exactly and i'm like oh that's horrible who would like that you know and i'd get really judgmental on myself and then as i did you know i started a podcast back in 2017 and that's when i learned to really i guess it was my own voice coaching in a way by practicing how to talk into a mic how to control the conversation yes um by making sure that it was a good listener experience. Because yes. we sort of can't run a podcast in a way like we would run a normal conversation. There's got to be some control in the way that we pronounce things, just like I'm doing right now. 100%. And even though I do some of that in person, I do a lot of that in person, right, you can be a little bit more relaxed in person. Well, we also have to, I guess, be mindful of not doing a download, don't you? Using it as a therapy session because it's actually... Yeah. You know, got to be something that people resonate with on the other side of the mic, you know? Yeah. So. If people want to reach out and have a chat, mm -hmm. um, what's the process around that? So I, I'm actually really slack with Instagram and social media. I need to get better at this. Yeah. But I do have so uh, Instagram and I've got my website and I've got all my services on the website. And I even do, just to mention, sometimes work with couples um, more so around helping them establish better communication in the bedroom and an understanding of how to be more intimate by using tools from the whole BDSM sort of idea community. And this has really been something that I've realised is um, necessary, a necessary service to offer the public because mm. there's a lot of people that don't understand the lifestyle and they just think, oh my God, that's so dark and weird and I'm not into that. Mm. But I tell people, I believe this lifestyle and some of the very light ways you can interact with it yeah. is a gateway 
to deeper connection yeah. and intimacy because when we have to surrender to a person, whether it be because I'm telling you to sit on the floor with your eyes down, Amanda. Yes, or, mistress. <laughs> or because, Keep going. because your partner <laughs> you just snorted. <laughs> or because your partner's tied you to the bed or whatever. It takes yeah. vulnerability. It requires trust. And through those things, as you would know, being the relationship queen, that creates a deeper sense of intimacy mm. and connection. And so, you know, I do offer this sort of um, coaching for couples on the basics of BDSM and how to kind of integrate that into their life and understanding each other's sexual language because just like the five love languages, yep. we all have a different sexual language and we're all turned on by various means. Like you might be really activated by weeing on someone in the shower. Yeah. <laughs> I'm joking, but, you know, you might be a very um, energy-driven person. You've got to feel the energy. There's an alarm, isn't there? I know. Sorry, guys. There's an, oh I've got the God. door open and it's all sorts of noise happening. That's yeah. all right. Keep yeah. going. <laughs> or, you or you know, like a lot of people, this is why porn's such a big industry, because a lot of people are really activated visually. Mm. You know, they need to see things or it's like they need to see you in lingerie. Oh, yeah, that's sparking me. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've sure. got to understand that sometimes we all have different sexual languages and you could be with someone that really just enjoys vanilla sex and someone that really needs like full-on kink to get activated so then like we were talking about before where you can water yourself down in relationships where there just isn't that alignment Mm. that kinky person and I'm going to use an example I had a customer come in the other day and he said to me oh I'm engaged to this beautiful woman I love everything about her but she just likes vanilla sex and I really need something more but yeah. I don't know how so to So common. Yeah. Very very common. And yeah. she doesn't want to explore because that's not activating for her. Yeah. And it's just really about helping couples to get on that same page and compromising and understanding how to speak each other's language. What's your idea on people that are straight but enjoy or need to watch gay porn to get off because it's very common i find a lot of straight women 100% love watching lesbians i just think we all there's so many moving parts to us and just because you are more aligned with okay yeah i'm attracted to men that's what i feel like in the physical form yeah i think that there's just another energy to women having sex there's another energy to two men having sex and it's all about that voyeurism and that oh i'm doing something a bit naughty here this isn't really usually what i do but i'm kind of interested Mm. and there's going to be something in all of that for everyone they've got no interest though in having woman uh having sex with a woman but however it turns them on it turns them on yeah there's some potentially i just feel like there's some element of whether it's fantasy you know what, what you can't have what, what you can't have there's a curiosity but women having sex are generally very different to guy on girl guy on guy right yeah it's a, there's a sensuality to it there's i don't know sometimes maybe we project ourselves into that scene for a moment and yeah just because i think you get off on potentially liking something visually doesn't mean you want it done to you either yeah. You know, like, mm. I I don't know. Like, there's lots of things like that that I agree. I'm the same. But then I don't want to have sex with a woman. Yeah, right. It turns me on because maybe it's just not something I'm experiencing in the physical form. Yeah. And it's just like, it's fantasy. And it does look sexy, regardless of whether you're sexy. straight or not. I think a woman, most women, we're more affectionate with each other anyway. 100%. We can appreciate a hot woman and go, oh, my God, she's stunning. You know, like, and 
almost really admire her to the point where you think there's parts and elements to her that you want to be like her. 100%. You know what I, mean? I think there's a lot of projection that happens. Yeah. And it's kind of like you're projecting yourself into that scene. There's, there's always reasons why we're turned on by different things. Sometimes we can't articulate that yeah. into words. Yep. But it's just a feeling like, or it could be, like we were saying about the tone, there's an energy in that scene that is activating to you. Yeah. That potentially you don't get that experience with your male partner, mm. your straight male partner. Yeah. Doesn't mean you're unfulfilled in that with him, but there's just it's just like anything else. Some people like to be whipped, you know, and I don't know. We all have our different fetishes. Some people like to dress up into costumes. Yeah. You know, some people like you may not be a nurse, but they like to see you in a nurse costume. Mm. So how would you get a couple then? Where, say, the woman is... Because I used to have a partner who was a bit more vanilla. <laughs> you know, really great for other things, but sexually a bit more vanilla. So Really great for being in the kitchen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, look, she was great for a number of things, but just boring in the bedroom. Didn't crave it, didn't need it. And I'm like, I'm a bit of a, you know... You've got can, an appetite. I've got an appetite. If I can have it every <laughs> night, I will. Oh, I love that. So... I'm yet to sort of meet someone that can keep up. So yeah, that is that is a problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, however, how do you get someone to be from vanilla to Napolitana? I like the Napolitana. That's very sexy. <laughs> <laughs> All three flavors. I, you know, sometimes it is a case that that person has this negative connotation to kink or to whatever it is that you're asking of them, right? Yep, and. It's about delivery and how you, you know, present it to them. And if you make it scary or weird or put pressure on, just like anything, people will shut down. Yeah. Whereas I feel like if you really have that intimate conversation where it's like, this is what I like, we can start slow. Mm. But, you know, would you be willing to meet me halfway and just yeah. explore this with me? And See how it goes. We'll have vanilla sex on Tuesdays and Wednesdays and then on... <laughs> but it's, it's literally about, you know... I always say to people, approach the lifestyle or even buying sex toys yeah. from a very intuitive space. Like people can say to you, oh, this one's really good or that one's really good. You may use it or incorporate it into your, dare I say, sexual routine mm. and just go, this is, I don't even know, I'm not feeling anything, right? Yeah. So if you feel an interest in something, you know, maybe it's calling you to be explored and... I think we, even though you may have a whip, right, mm. and we think, oh, that's for pain, mm. you may actually only ever use that whip when you're giving your partner a sensual massage with the candles on and the lights down and that whip's dragged along the edges of the body yeah, right. to create a sensory experience. Mm. It's actually maybe a tool that you don't use for pain ever, but it's like it's just a tool like any other and yeah. you can incorporate these things into your sexual life mm. in the way that it works for you. And I think in the case of, say, what you're saying, oh, I have more of an appetite, I need more, I think it's really about having the lines of communication open and sharing what you're into and and inviting them to kind of have a taste of that. And, mm. you know, but it's compromise, isn't it? We've kind of got to meet each other halfway. And It's kind of like a wooden spoon, really. <laughs> like you can either bake a cake with it or you can snap it over... You know, a kid's bum with it and just exactly. it breaks in half. So, exactly. You know, this it can be used analogy. for multiple. I just remember the wooden spoons being cracked over us as kids. Yeah. You and know. then sometimes you got to lick it and sometimes it spanked you. 
there we go. Great. So there you go. Many functional uh, uses for a whip. 100%. Okay, I think we're going to leave it there today. It's been a lot of fun. Miss Kate, sorry. Thank you, Amanda. Sorry. I was just about to say, Miss I'm going to get my writing. Can you punish me now, punish please? You? Yes. <laughs> um, so, if people want to reach out to you, your website is misskatelizabeth.com. Correct. Is that your middle name? It is my middle name. Yeah, okay. Insta at misskatelizabeth. And your email is hello at misskatelizabeth.com. So, all those links will be available below. Miss mm-hmm. Kate. Let's just finish off, right? So if you had a book recommendation and some parting advice for people listening, what would they be? I actually, especially just based on what I've been speaking about, I would probably say there's a book called Existential Kink. Mm. Um, We will leave that. We'll link it below. Because I can't remember who the lady's name is. Yep. Which is amazing. And parting words would just be, you know, Nothing is too weird. I have had so many conversations with people that say, I'm not into this, so does this mean that I'm not in the lifestyle or I'm, I'm weird or people are going to judge me? Nothing is too weird. There's always someone out there that will get your version of self-expression, of sexuality. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, especially if you're struggling with kind of accepting what you're into or you're questioning certain things, yeah. potentially working with someone like me to gain that greater sense of confidence around it. Mm. Self-acceptance, empowerment is, you know, can be a real healing tool. And I think when you accept yourself innately, that's when you start to call in the people that really resonate with you. Yeah, yeah, that's really, really smart. Yeah. Really well said. All right. Miss Kate, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. So much. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon.